Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 180, Your Nature is to Thrive with Joe Bailey. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome back to Changeable. So in this episode, I talk with Joe Bailey, who has a new book out called Thriving in the Eye of the Hurricane, Unlocking Resilience in Turbulent Times. And the book is all about resilience. It's full of uh, stories of times in history uh, when great resilience was shown. It's full of personal stories of people that Joe talked with for the book about um, how they were able to find resilience in some of the most extreme circumstances, extreme feelings and states. And it really just all points to, you know, our true nature. So when I was thinking about this conversation with Joe, which we talk about the book a little, but really we just talked about resilience and our nature in a much bigger, deeper way. I don't know. I just came away from this conversation sort of really feeling the simplicity of things, really feeling like the title says, your nature is to thrive. I mean, it's so incredibly simple. And throughout this conversation with Joe, it just, I don't know, it just became more and more and more apparent. Like, oh my gosh, it is so simple. There's nothing we have to do. There's really nothing wrong. Things are okay behind and beyond all of this complicated thinking that we sometimes find ourselves in. And I don't know, it just feels so accessible. Like, oh yeah, that that feeling that we all had, I think, hopefully many of us remember as kids, maybe not, but you know, that we had as kids, that we lived in as kids, that we've had since where maybe things really are okay. Like maybe it's really not so hard. Joe tells a story in our conversation. I won't give it away, but he and his wife ended up in a ditch (laughs) late at night in a car. I think they had a trailer or something they were pulling. Um, And it's just, I don't know, it's just such a childlike story that it, it did something for me and I hope it does for you too. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Joe Bailey and I will put the link to his new book, Thriving in the Eye of the Hurricane, in the show notes in case you want to check that out. Hi, Joe. Thank you so much for coming back on Changeable. Good to be with you, Amy. Always good to see you. You're a repeat guest. I don't have too many repeat guests, but I'm... Oh, really? Oh, I know. Well, you're, you're I'm, uh, I'm, I'm honored. <laughs> <laughs> You're in a small group, but I'm super excited to have you back because um, you have a new book out. I mean, for a lot of reasons, but one is you have a new book out, Thriving in the Eye of the Hurricane. And uh, we can talk about that and all kinds of other stuff that, that maybe you've seen uh, in the last, I think, I think last time you were on was pre-pandemic. So there's been a lot of hurricane and a lot of thriving that I'm sure you've seen and done and uh, a lot to talk about. Yeah, for sure. Cool. So maybe just to start it off, say a little bit about your your book. Like it's, I mean, what a perfect time to have this particular book coming out. Um, but yeah, I'd love to hear sort of how, um, you know, we talk in, in the principles that you've talked for years and years about resilience and 
our true nature and and what we can look to in hard times. But um, I'd love to hear a little bit about like why this is so important now and why it's maybe particularly challenging right now. So, I, Amy, I guess what what spurred me to to write this book because I I was working on a another actually a couple of different books. One was on burnout prevention for healthcare professionals, and the other one was on uh, stories of people in recovery who've gone through that transformation that allowed them to uh, awaken and to um, remove the the, um, the the void that was in people they were trying to fill with with addiction, mm-hmm. and which you and I have in common doing that kind of work, and um, and then the pandemic hit. And at the same time, um, my last book, Fear Proof Your Life, which I wrote in response to the 9-11 attacks and the, the epidemic of fear that seemed to be happening, especially in the media, just everything was all, what happened next, you know, and people were kind of on edge all the time. And so I wrote that as an antidote to the, to the fear pandemic. And so uh, that book was bought out by a new publisher. And um, they had me on their author forum and asked me to speak. And they were very intrigued by the ideas of the principles and resilience and said uh, the next day they wrote me and they said, we want you to write a new book that will be a timeless book about how to deal with change, how to deal with these changing times that, that we always seem to be in to give people uh, an ability to go with the flow, to bounce back more quickly, to not be so uh, demoralized and um, caught up in their insecurities and fears and to be able to embrace change and to see infinite possibilities and creativity. So, and they suggested the title, Thriving in the Eye of the Hurricane. And so I just thought, well, that sounds great. You know, it, it seemed like a perfect metaphor that we're kind of in this hurricane of thought, whether it's through Facebook or watching television, cable news, you know, people are bombarded with all of this, all the things that are going wrong. And news usually leads, they say it, that it bleeds, it leads. So they, they don't tell all the positive things that are happening. So we're bombarded with this negativity. And uh, I, as I looked around and observed the people in my uh, community who uh, had already learned about the principles and had an understanding of their experience coming from the inside out, not from the outside in, and the role their own thinking played in, in their moment-to-moment perceptions and experience of life, they were faring very differently than the people who didn't have that understanding. Yeah. And it was such a contrast. I just felt that the general, more of the general public, not just people who are in recovery or people who have a specific issue uh, to learn about this would really benefit. So that's why I wrote the book. And I, um, I, in doing so, I wanted to not just um, give people an understanding or an education of how our mind works moment to moment to create our experience, you know, the principles, uh, but also about the nature of resilience and how everyone is born with it. Every kid, every human being, you can't destroy it. You can't do anything except cover it up with a misunderstanding of how our experience is happening. And so um, 
So I wanted people to understand the nature of resilience and then also have people understand that, that we're, we, we have this incredible uh, inner design, this perfect design to have insight moment to moment and to continuously evolve in our consciousness, what I would call the transformation principle. So those are the three kind of foundational pieces in the book of understanding to help people bring out more of the resilience. And then the rest of the book, as you said, is, is, is just illustrations of that in prisons and school systems, parenting situations, uh, political uh, division or a conflict between people of different parties, um, seeing beyond our differences, um, uh, what's happening with healthcare workers who are going through the pandemic and the pressures put on them with, you know, just longer hours, just especially people in ICUs. I interviewed a lot of nurses and talked to them about how the principals help them to go through that and not just go through it, but to thrive during those times. So that's, that. that's why I wrote it. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. I love the stories. I mean, I think the stories just bring it to life. And it's so interesting. I didn't know that um, Fear Proof Your Life was, I just never looked at the dates and put it together that that was shortly after 9-11. But when you're saying that, it reminds me of um, of that time and how similar that time is to the yeah. last year and a half. And I had kind of forgotten that. My kids are 9 and 11. And when there was just the 20th anniversary of 9-11, we watched some of the stuff and they, they were asking about it. And I, and it, it kind of took me back to that time of, wow, that was the first time in my life anyway, where it felt similar to the last year and a half, where every day was a new, remember the color threat levels, where an orange threat level, where a yellow yeah, threat level, right. a red. And meanwhile, you're yeah. in an airport and now you're a red threat level and the images and, and just, you were, like you said, we were bombarded with all of this fear mm-hmm. and, and then things seem to quiet down for a little bit. And now again, the last, you know, 18 months, it's like we're bombarded with all of this fear. So, um, yeah, it's uh, as much as we know where our experience comes from, it's challenging for any human being to be bombarded with all of this, you know, and, yeah. and so valuable to see, um, yeah. to see our resilience. So I'm curious, say a little more if you can about you said people that you know that have a sense of this understanding were doing really differently through the pandemic than other people. Like what were some of the key differences that you saw? Well, I think um, the, the, the best kept secret, I think, is that each of us has this built-in inner voice guidance system, if you will. Uh, GPS um, that comes to us as a thought, comes to us as a realization or an insight in the moment that allows us to respond to any situation with more clarity, with more calm, with more certainty, with more um, creativity, uh, creative thinking to, to bring to bear to it. But when we're all jumbled in fear or anxiety or worry and tension, uh, it, it seems to block that, that source of um, self-understanding. Uh, that, so, for example, um, in one of the stories in my book, I talk about a corporation in Milan, Italy, where um, uh, 
Robin Charlotte and uh, Sandy Crott and Ken Manning work with that company. Prior to the pandemic, they worked with, they did a retreat with the senior management team. And this is a big company, you know, thousands of employees, billions of dollars of revenue a year, international, and they're centered in Milan. And guess who their main customer is? The airline industry. Mm. So 80% of their business just poof was gone. And they, you know, they all went into, oh my God, who are we going to lay off first? And, you know, how are we going to weather this? And, you know, it was, and they were at the epicenter of where the pandemic first hit the West in Milan, Italy. You know, that's where the highest cases were and everything. And so there was a lot of uncertainty just about how to handle their, their workers and all that. But they, they, uh, lucky for them, they, they, they had a beginning understanding knowledge of, that they had something within them that, that, that they could count on to steer the ship as leaders during that time. And so they, they made it kind of a pact of the leadership team that they would only make decisions from a clear mind when they would be, there was consensus, there was clarity, oh, that's, that's a perfect solution. Rather than being reactive, they would be more reflective. And so they realized very quickly because of their being able to be calm in the storm, in the eye of the hurricane, so to speak, with that metaphor, they, they were able to, to not freak out their employees because the, the leadership kind of, the mood of the leaders affects the whole organization. So they were calm and it helped the employees to stay calm. But they also saw that they, they had to completely change their business model and that their current model of business was obsolete now. It was just not going to work. So they had to reinvent their business and they had to let people go, but they saw how to do it in a humane way. They offered their employees a very generous severance uh, pay to early retire. And so 80% of the people they needed to, to lay off self uh, quit. So the morale didn't plummet. So you, 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 when you don't, when you didn't have the morale going down, people were still vibrant. They were, they were creative and coming up with solutions. And so in, in just that year, they were able to not only survive, but they, they completely reinvented their business model, made billions of dollars of profit on new inventions that came out of that turmoil, came out of that energy. And, and so in a very practical way, when we're coming from our resilient state of mind, we're more able to see infinite possibilities. And we know that, that being calm in the eye of the storm is the most important thing we can access it, have in order to access this wisdom, this visionary spirit. So that's just in business. So there, but in any domain, whether it's as a parent or as a teacher in the classroom, managing everybody wearing masks and some not wanting to, or parents picketing outside the school, you know, about masking or, or whatever, you know, how do you, uh, how do you keep your bearings and be resilient in that? So you can do your job so you can be a, a parent. So that's to me, the, what everybody's looking for. And most people look outside to an expert to tell them what to think or uh, religion or, 
a cult or a belief system, people look outside for their answers rather than trusting that each of us has this incredible common sense to, um, when we don't know, to just know that it will come if we don't get our minds busy and go into fear. If we stay calm, we can see clearly just the next step. And then the next step gives you possibilities you couldn't have seen from the other step. And every step you take unfolds more possibilities and gives you the path forward in life, whether that's uh, coming up with the vaccine in record time or reinventing the way we do education, um, run our businesses, go shopping, (laughs) you know, all of these things changed. So it's remarkable. It is. It's so huge to see and so obvious once you see it, but then so not obvious (laughs) before you see it, that, that stuff shows up that we don't have to, I remember seeing this for myself, like, wow, I don't have to think my way through this. I don't have to lose 80% of my business and have to think with my own little intellect, how am I going to build a brand new business that thrives and how am I going to lay all these people off? Like there's something in there about like, like what this is what I hear you saying is like to know it's in that it's in the calm it's in there and it's just going to arise and show up within us. And it's not our responsibility to make it happen. That just feels so relaxing, you know, like, Oh, okay. This now I feel okay not freaking out. Now I can just be here until something arises. Because don't you think like that we're sort of taught, you know, you need to figure this out. You need to fix it. You need to make things happen in life. So it like feels like it leads us right up into our heads. Yeah, exactly. And um, I think intuitively people have known like the, I remember an old ad that used to be on TV. Um, that was about um, a financial advisor. What would E.F. Hutton say? You know, and that would he would be the you know they were all be frantic trying to figure out what to do with their finances, and E.F. Hutton would be the calm guy in the room. And they said, "Well, what would E.F. Hutton say?" And it, it was kind of like in any organization, in any family, the person who was able to remain calm in the crisis, people look to, yeah, because there's a something about that calming effect of, of that resilience, that wisdom that helps other people calm down. And when, when minds are calmed down, thought flows from this creative intelligence that we all are. That's who we are is this creative, infinite intelligence that is prepared for any reality, whatever happens. But we have we're, our tendency is to go with what we're habitually trained to do or believe. And in times of change, you have to transcend your old way of thinking. Um, I, I just heard yesterday, uh, Elon Musk, uh, you can get his satellite, uh, Starlink, I think it's called. He's eventually going to have free internet for the entire planet because of his satellite system he's got going. And it'll be available anywhere. You could be in the Arctic Circle, middle of the ocean, and you have perfect, super powerful ability to, to connect. 
to the internet to connect to all information, all people. It's just uh, when we go into that unknown without fear, we open up this infinite set of creative thought. And that's that's what resilience is. It, and and re, you can't make an insight happen any more than you can make yourself resilient because you already are resilient and you already have insight. But you can remove the barriers to it, which is our fearful, insecure, habitual thinking. And it, you don't even have to remove the thinking. You just have to be aware that it's happening. And just being aware that when I, like when I, I freaked out because I, I freaked out just like everybody else when this all happened. It's like, oh my God, you know, how am I going to see clients, you know? <laughs> and then Zoom exploded. Uh, and how am I going to, I'm supposed to go to Italy and I'm supposed to go to London in, in two months. How, how's that going to happen? Well, it just happened. Uh, it got worked out through the internet. And so we're, reinventing the way we do business, the way we counsel, the way we educate. And the infinite, poss infinite possibilities are always there, but we can't see them when, when we're blinded by fear and insecurity. So one of the things about, so I love what you're saying about like, it's knowing where to look. Like when we just start to have this knowing that this is here for us, it's always been here, but we don't know it. So when we kind of turn around and look in the other direction and kind of get curious about that, that compass that's within all of us all the time, um, I think we just start to see evidence for it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm curious, like one thing that I've seen it that looks like a, a misunderstanding about resilience, I guess, or a block to resilience is when it looks personal. So I know everything you're talking about is impersonal. It's universal. It's just, the, it's the human design and it's bigger than human design. It's, it's life. It's how it works, right? Is there is this, this intelligence, this mind that, that is everything taking all these various shapes and, and manifestations, but mind is, is everything. So do you see that like something about starting to see that this is impersonal because it used to look to me like oh I don't know if I'm that resilient of a person or you can hear yeah. people say things like that like oh yeah she's really resilient kids are really resilient that lady's really re resilient but I don't know that I am and it's just kind of funny to hear that in a way because it's like oh no it has nothing to do with you <laughs> yeah right that's big to see right yeah well I think that's a that's a great point Amy that um uh, resilience isn't just for special people. You know, like if you watch the nightly news, a lot of times you'll hear stories of someone rescuing someone from a river that was drowning or, yeah. um, you know, goes into the burning house and takes the children out or, and when they interview these people, they say, God, you're really a hero with what you did. It's just so amazing. How did you have the courage to do that? And they, to a person, they always say, well, I didn't do anything that anybody else wouldn't do. You know, I, don't, I didn't even think about it. I just did it. I, it didn't take courage. I just did it. And, um, and it's like that with resilience. I think people think resilience is, is, is for gifted people like an, an IQ or something. Right. And it isn't. It, it's for everyone. 
we're all born innately resilient, innately mentally healthy, innately capable. And I know for me, and I'm sure for you, Amy, too, after you learned the principles and realized them, you had like 2020 hindsight into your past, all the times that your wisdom with or your insights were telling you something, but you didn't trust it. Mm-hmm. And you go, Oh, I knew that. And I just didn't listen to myself. Yeah. If I had, it would have gone very different. And other times when I did listen to myself and wow, that worked out great. I trusted myself that one time. Yeah. And that's what made me take the step to go to college or to marry that person or ask that person out for a date. And, and I, uh, but people think of it as kind of like the lottery every now you hit it every now and then you hit it. It's not something you can count on, but insight and wisdom and resilience are not for special people. They're for everyone. And all you need to have to access it is curiosity about it. Curiousness to under, to be interested to be willing and open and have a sincere desire to uh, understand. And with that, it, it, it like opens your heart. It opens your heart so that your brain relaxes, your thoughts relax. And it's like a, I use the metaphor in one of my books of a, the jewel at the bottom of the pool. If you dropped your Rolex or your diamond ring in the pool accidentally, and you run in there to try to find it, you inadvertently stir up the silt on the bottom and the water becomes murky and you can't find it as long as you're struggling. But if you sit on the edge of the pond and you wait, you get quiet, the silt through gravity naturally settles and then you can see precisely where it is. And it's like that with insight, you know, the quiet mind we talk about a lot, a state of meditation, um, a feeling of letting go. They all feel the same. It's like a a feeling of uh, peace, inner peace. Mm-hmm. And it's in those times that we, the the jewel of our insights is revealed that tells us the next step. We usually only get the next step. Yeah. Yeah. And, but then from that vantage point, taking that step, we see the next step. And that's where understanding or faith that you have this guidance system of resilience and wisdom to carry you through life. And, you know, we can call that a divine intelligence or God consciousness or Allah consciousness or uh, the universal wisdom of the the quantum field. It, people call it all kinds of things, but it's it's a principle that has many names, but it is a singular principle that once understood, and that's what your work and my work is is about. Is really just passing on what we've learned we've realized that's helped us in our lives as parents, grandparents, counselors, mates, uh, to make our life so, so much uh, more enjoyable and easy. Um, And we still 
you know, I, you, I'm sure you have stumbles just like I do. We all stumble and fall and we all enter into circumstances that we've never done before. And it seems different, but when we get quiet, listen within the voice of wisdom speaks to us. And it's just so comforting to know that and to, to share that with other people. As soon as, when people realize this for themselves, they can't help but try to sh- or want to share it with people they love, they care about, that they're in service to. Would you recommend for someone, like say someone comes to you and they say, you know, I get it in theory, but I just, I, like they're very mind identified. They're very thought identified, you know, and they're very much like, like you mentioned, they're wanting to see the whole path because that's how our mind talks. Our mind doesn't want just the next step. Our yeah. mind wants to see how it's going to end or they're wanting an insight that their mind tells them is going to feel a certain way, like a bolt of lightning. And that's not how insight feels a lot of times. So like if someone is, is, feels very caught up and they, they sort of get it and they want to believe this, how can we help them feel it? Like what, how can they lean into it so that they come to fully know and trust what you're talking about. When I coach coaches or, or therapists help other people who are helping people, I always start with the most important thing for you to really be able to effectively help other people is that you have to find this for yourself. So when we, to the degree that we as helpers, as parents, as teachers, realize our own resilience. Most of it is almost osmosis. It's, it's a feeling that we're educating from, that we're counseling from, that is the, uh, in a sense, it's like the, the syringe, to use the metaphor of a vaccine. It's, it's the way we, we inoculate the other person is first from our own uh, depth of understanding. We can't teach what we don't know ourselves. But the second thing I would say that's important is that you really listen to the other person because in listening and being curious about them, you as a teacher or a helper, a counselor, get insights about how to uniquely reach that person, how to share with that person. and the other, the third thing I would say is that people have had experiences themselves, their whole life of insight and resilience, a moment of resilience, a time when they, they really trusted themselves and it worked out great. And I, and I uh, ask my clients to reflect on, on a time in your life when you did have this feeling that you either listened to and went with it or you didn't listen to it and you regretted it. Yeah. And it it helps them see that it's kind of ordinary. It's not special. It's it's, it's built into all of us. But look at the animals. Look at the trees. Look at the plants. They have this incredible instinct, programmed genetics, if you will, in plants, that they know when, like our plants that we have, I'm in the solarium now, but some of the plants will move towards 
to follow the sun during the day. They don't have arms and limbs. And how do they do that? You know, they, they don't have a brain, I don't think, in the planet. But they, they, some intelligence in them follows the maximum amount of sunlight to get the maximum amount of the energy of that sun to grow and to, to prosper. So if it can be in a plant, and if animals, like it's fall here in Minnesota, if it's going to be a really severe winter, furried animals will grow more hair. They don't get an email saying grow more hair this year. <laughs> they, don't, they don't get an all points bulletin. They just are responsive to the environment in a way that is kind of magical. How do the stars not collide? How do the planets not hit? You know, there's a universal intelligence that we call mind, um, universal mind, that we're all part of, and not just human beings. Everything in nature, everything in the universe is part of that. And because we have consciousness, we can be aware, self-aware, that we're caught up in our thinking and worries. And we can be aware when we're having an insight. And, and it's just like playing a new sport. At first, it's really clumsy. But after a while, it is fun. And it feels good to ski, for example. Yeah. When you, I first skied, it was terrifying. <laughs> and I was falling a lot. But as I learned the feeling of skiing, it's one of the great, I feel four years old every time I go skiing. I am so happy. I'm just in delight because it, it's, it feels good to be in gravity. You know, it's just a, a great feeling. So we, we all have this. And it, it, regardless of race, sex, religion, culture, creed, you know, these principles are going out all over the world. I'm speaking, you know, I'm sure you are too, I mean, in all these countries, I'm giving a talk in uh, Casablanca uh, next month uh, to a, a, the Muslim community there and the, the uh, Omans and, you know, all these people about the principles because they, they see the connection to their religion and how it helps them be more devout Muslims. And they're, so they're curious. And in, in, I've spoken in India, you know, I'm sure you've spoken around too. It's just, it's a universal language, truth. I love that. Like, if so, you know, if someone's thinking, well, everything's hard for me and I don't bounce back easily and I'm not resilient. Again, I mean, what I hear you saying is, like we said earlier, it has nothing to do with you. Look at literally every single thing in the universe. <laughs> and then even within your own life, you can look, like you said, you have people look back and, and, and remember things and see how things worked out without, without us having to do it. I think it can feel like such a uphill battle and like something we're so far away from or separate from, but that's only when we're sort of in our heads, feeling separate mm -hmm. from things. But I, I really love... I can feel when you talk about it, just how simple and close it is. And it's, and it's the little things. It's like, how did we know 
how did your body know what time to wake you up today or to even wake you up today? Like, how is all of this happening all around us all the time? How are these decisions made? It's really pretty miraculous to see how much we're being lived, how much is being done through us that we have nothing to do with, like almost everything. Our mind likes to take credit for things, but that doesn't mean it's doing those things, you know, like all of these new ideas and insights and everything that shows up. It's just such a miracle to see that happening on its own. And I, I, I don't know, I think that's really cool how you're saying just look in that direction and you kind of can't not catch on to it. Mm-hmm. it, it, it it's the curiosity. Yeah. You, what you say looking in that direction. Yeah. Just being, you know, that, you know, when your dog coxes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's that, that curiosity. Dog look. <laughs> yeah, that tilted dog head look. Um, uh, when um, when I was writing this book, uh, my wife Michael and I, uh, we were going up to my my because we can't go to our cabin. My brother offered us his cabin, and so we went up there for a week. And I was going to do some writing and paddleboarding and canoeing and hiking and stuff. And so we're on our way up there, and I hadn't been up to his place in oh, probably 15 years. So I, it was in a remote wilderness area and I, I wasn't familiar with it, but I just thought, and it was raining out. It was getting to be dusk and out of the corner of my eye, I saw the sign for his lake. And so I slammed on the brakes and I have a, I have my boat on the back. So I fishtailed and the car went out of control and we went in the ditch, but we were just on the edge of the ditch. We were kind of teeter tottering on, on the ditch. And so we're sitting there and we go, oh my God. And all of a sudden it went, whoa. And we went forward and everything, all the coolers and everything in the back of the car slid to the front and we were kind of crammed up in there. And and it's pouring rain out and it's getting dark. And before I knew the principle, I would have been so upset and so panicked and, oh my God, what are we going to do? What if... We can't, we, we can't walk all the way to the cabin. We're too far away. What if nobody comes along? And what if this? And what if that? But instead, we just, we just sat there that, wow, this is interesting. <laughs> and, and a few minutes later, two uh, uh, guys come along in their car and they said, can we help you? And I said, oh, yeah. Um, could you help us unhook the boat? Because the boat, you know, the boat's like this and the car's like this in the ditch. So we had to unhook the boat and get it off and off the road. So it wasn't in the middle of the road and somebody hit us. Um, and, and then, uh, I, they said, well, um, do you have a cell phone? I said, yeah, but it doesn't work. You know, we're out of range here. We can't call anyone. Well, we're going into town. We're heading out. We'll, we'll go by the, there's one towing service in this little town and we'll see if they'll come out, but we have no way of calling you to let you know. So uh, hopefully we'll get a hold of them and they'll come out. If not, see you around. <laughs> yeah. So we thought, well, we don't know what's going to happen. So we just sat there and edited my book <laughs> in the car in the rain, and it, it 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 was it wasn't a big deal. It was like, well, we'll see what happens next. And pretty soon people were coming along periodically. Oh, can I help? And there were other cabins on the lake. They were coming there for the weekend. And, um, and so one said, well, we'll call from the phone when we get to our cabin and we'll make sure that the tow service is on their way. And if it 
if they can't come, we'll come out and tell you. Oh, thank you so much. It was like, oh, help. Help is on the way. And, you know, a few minutes later, 20 minutes later, the tow trucks arrived, pulls us out in two minutes, cost us 150 bucks or whatever, but we were out and connected to our boat and on our way back to the cabin. Normally, that would have been a traumatic event or at least a ruin it this could have ruined the weekend right but instead it was an adventure yeah and we met all these new neighbors and we 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 saw how helpful people can be when you're in need it just brought out the best in people and it was this delightful experience and the only difference was the understanding that michael and i have about where our experience is coming from not from being in the ditch it's coming from our thinking in this moment. Yeah. Oh, what should we do next? And then it occurs to you. So it's so, it's so practical, whether we're talking getting stuck in a ditch or um, a, hurric- a real hurricane on its way to your city or um, you're at the school council meeting and there's protesters <laughs> exploding through the doors or, you know, it, yeah. e- even in those tense situations, wisdom prevails. Insight comes. And when you know to be on the bus stop for that wisdom, to, to get quiet and wait to act until you get an inner direction, some a moment of clarity that would change the whole world it would eliminate the wars Mm -hmm. it would eliminate the the division in our country it would eliminate the greed and but it only happens one person at a time (laughs) yeah and it begins with you and you and you and me and you. It really is so, um, it just feels very familiar. Like to hear you talk about this, it just, and I think, I don't know, it just feels very familiar. Like, oh yeah, like we all, we all know this. We're all born with this. We're all connected to this. And, and it has always been working this way. And it's just very easy to get caught up and and feel and kind of forget for a little while you know but that's what i love so much about just listening to this it's like mm-hmm. that that's what a kid would do a kid wouldn't sit there and freak out and say i'm such a jerk i can't believe i slammed on the gas and now what you know a kid would be like all right well let's play till they come because what else would we yeah, do? Right. <laughs> it's like yeah we've always known yeah. this we've always yeah. known this and it's just yeah. easy to get a little turned around from it but i can really feel how starting to to turn toward it again and just see it's just this simple, it starts to, we get re-familiarized with it. It starts to feel like, oh yeah, this is our home base. that's always been there. And it's never too late to, to realize this. And I've worked with people in their 70s and 80s who've had a life of depression or stress or anxiety or addiction. And they learn how it works, how the mind works. Mm-hmm that they're already mentally healthy. They're already have this resilience. It's just dormant. It needs to be activated with curiosity and, and openness and willingness. And, um, and they go, wow, 
if I had only known that my whole life, my life would have been completely different. But I'm so grateful, at least I'm learning it now, even now, yeah. which is in the sunset of my life. Yeah. And so it's never too late to learn. It's never too early to learn, to realize this. Um, it, it just takes a someone who understands themselves or a book with some understanding in it. It doesn't have to be in person. It can be on a tape, a video, a book, or in person. But if you're willing and open and you listen and you're curious, you, you will start to have your own your own realization, your own transformation, your own insights that will uniquely guide you in your own life that is very different from mine or Amy's. Yeah. We all have a unique path, and but we have the same inner compass of insight and wisdom to guide us on our unique path. And that's, to me, the, 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 the bottom line of this book is really just reminding people that everything they're looking for is within. Yeah. If you're a Christian, the kingdom of God is within. It says it over and over and over. It's not in money. It's not in mansions. It's not in recognition or power. It's, it's within. In, in, in the Bhagavad Gita, it says the same thing in all in the, in the Quran. It says the same thing in all the religions in all books of truth, it, it's all it's all pointing back inside to this um, spark of the divine, the universal intelligence, and that's our true identity. And we're all we're all here to find that out. I guess you know we're all all bozos on this bus looking for the same thing. <laughs> and how cool that we do. We kind of, we have so many opportunities. We have opportunities in the form of a pandemic, of a tragedy, of a personal crisis, of a, a, a global crisis. We have opportunities just sitting in a ditch, you know, like, like anything, things happen every single day or, or just new thoughts happen every, every single day that, that serve to yeah. kind of point us back here. So that's awesome. My, my wife, um, Michael, she's writing a, a, a book of poetry and her art. And the very first poem she ever wrote was on the back of a matchbox, uh, a, a book of matches. Yeah. And it was very simple. It just said, there are no mistakes, only the revelation of the inner self. Mm-hmm. And so when we do hit bumps in the road, crises, it's not a mistake. It's an opportunity to get a deeper realization of how life works, of our true self. Yeah. And, and knowing that now, it's like whenever I have a challenge, and I've had I have challenges just like every other human being, I just kind of like, oh, I wonder what I'm going to learn this time, you know, yeah. what more I'm going to see. Yeah. Instead of, oh, no, I thought I got this. What's the matter with me? I didn't do it right. And we've seen that, you know, you and I working in addiction for years and years, because it's not always a linear path and smooth sailing. People have what they call setbacks. And I, I remember 
hearing this from you a few years ago, you know, that like, yeah, people have setbacks all the time, but it's a beautiful thing. They almost always learn from that and get to see where they got caught up and it propels them even further. So why would we call it a setback? It's just a word, but it doesn't make sense really. You know, it's a, it's a way to get propelled even deeper. Yeah. The, the word sin comes from the Greek root word to miss the mark you know, like an archery. You know, so if you you miss the target, you adjust. You it's feedback, and so mistakes are are just letting you know that you misstepped. You you ran into a blind spot. You 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 had a misunderstanding about something. You're not a bad person. It's just if you're open, you'll have an insight about that, and it will help you correct, self-correct, and get on a smoother path. And then when another one it's because as you go through life, you're always evolving and growing and changing and circumstances are evolving and changing. And so you're going to learn more. And every time you, you have a realization, you re reveal more and more of your true essence, more and more of your true self and more and more your capacity for happiness, peace of mind and serenity is revealed. And that's the, that's the incredible promise of um, gaining a deeper understanding of within, you know, know thyself and all will be revealed. You know, we hear these truths throughout our life, but it was on deaf ears for me. I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Love that. Awesome. Thank you so much for this conversation, Joe. I think this is so good. I love the stories. I think, uh, all of this is just going to really show listeners like, oh yeah, I, I knew this already. You know, I just maybe forgot a little bit and definitely check out the book um, if you're listening because it's full of more stories like this that just kind of keep reminding you in different ways and different areas of life and different contexts. This is so universal. It shows up whether you're having a health crisis or a business crisis or any anything at all. So thank you so much for, for being here. Yeah, you, you bet. The the book will be out now on November 9th. Got adjusted a bit. So November 9th. Um, right. I'll share yeah. the links. Great. Okay. Thank you. All right. Good to see you, Amy. The next Little School of Big Change course begins February 7th. That's in just six weeks from now. The upcoming course will include entirely brand new content. So every single video lesson, which you get to keep for life, has been updated as well as some of the animations and updated guest teacher conversations. If you still have never been through the Little School of Big Change, this is the time. And if you have been through the course, this is time to come back through with the new and improved content to start 2022 from a great place. You can get 33% off the enrollment of the Little School of Big Change when you're part of Student Access Plus, bringing the price down to just 333. As part of Student Access Plus, you also get a huge growing library of digital courses to keep you busy over the holidays. Also, just for this last week of 2021, the Little School of Big Change is just $3.99 for those of you who are not in Student Access Plus. This price is only valid until January 1st, 2022. Enroll now at thelittleschoolofbigchange.com to get the best price of the year and to save your seat in the February 7th course. I can't wait to see you in class.